What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Lacey Mills on our episode today. I'm so excited to get to know her a little bit more along with you guys. So Lacey, I'm just going to toss it at you. Start wherever you'd like. All right. Well, I guess, I mean, there's kind of a long story, but we can start from when I met my husband, Brian. Uh, We met on Valentine's Day in 2015, which is as cheesy as it sounds. We had both gone to this thing to do something different than all of our friends had dates and we thought well this might be fun and ended up running into each other there um so we started dating then and then I knew as soon as we had started dating and this is kind of a sad like why we related is his dad had been recently diagnosed with cancer and my mom had had cancer since I was about 15 and I was 28 or so at this time I can't do math I know I'm (laughs) 31 now so Uh, His dad did end up passing away the following year in April, and then we got engaged the next year in February of 2017, and then we got married in March of 2018, and then my mom passed away in April of 2018, actually the exact same day, just two years apart from Brian's dad. Really? Yeah, so that was kind of, there was things that happened in like the last moments. My mom kept talking about this funny fat man that kept seeing her and like not making fun of Brian's dad at all but he was always like a larger than life like large guy like funny like great person and his family had said like that's what he was meant to do after life was to come back and help people like cross over however religious you are or not like I do think that sometimes those things you kind of just have to say well I don't know if it's true but it sure does sound like the type of person he was. So that happened. And then I knew when we got married and Brian and I had both talked about like starting a family and I wanted to have a family early, not to say that we shouldn't be married for very long, but I, my mom was 37 when she had me. And I always felt like as much as this probably has nothing to do with it. Like maybe I would have gotten 10 more years had she had me 10 years prior, but like life happens and you have kids when you have them. And now going through what we've gone through, I realize that it doesn't happen as planned. So as much as you can want that to happen, it doesn't necessarily. So I stopped taking birth control at the end of July and my cycles were super normal. Everything went as expected right off the bat. And then three months later, in November, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, we found out I was pregnant. And like every naive person that gets a positive pregnancy test, they immediately think like, great, let me just start planning. (laughs) And so we went in, I had blood work done, which I didn't really know what to expect, because I kind of wanted to go into it all naive, because anything you look up online, if you have a sore throat or whatever it be, it is immediately the worst. So I just kind of went into it naive and went in and they checked my levels. Everything confirmed I was pregnant. 
they said my progesterone was like a little bit low. So they just precautionary had prescribed me progesterone. So I started taking that immediately. Um, and then because of the holiday, I went in the following Monday and I checked my blood again and I was super enthusiastic. We had told Brian's mom, I think maybe on Thanksgiving or the day after. I remember we told her pretty quick. We were super excited. Immediately bought a onesie and gave it to her like world's best grandma. Like, of course. And then went in Monday and my levels weren't quite what they should have been. And I didn't know that that was even a thing. And so I went in a couple days later, did it again. Also not rising like they were supposed to. And I thought, well, maybe I'm just different. Um, and then they started to tell me they're worried about ectopic pregnancy and that immediately panicked me and I texted my best friend who's a nurse and had asked her some questions she doesn't practice at all in neonatal or anything like that but I thought well she definitely would have studied it at some point and she kind of told me like well if it's ectopic like and it bursts like it would be extremely painful and it's really early so like I wouldn't worry yet and so I went in and they did an ultrasound and confirmed that nothing was where it wasn't supposed to be. My ovaries were great size. I don't know what kind of compliment that is, but thank you. And then <laughs> uh, they, they looked and they couldn't find anything except for the very end. They're like, well, maybe this is a sack, like maybe, but it's really small and like it'd be five weeks. And at this point, I think I was somewhere around six weeks and then they checked again, like kept going in for blood work every couple of days, which was a lot. And finally, like, finally my numbers doubled like they were supposed to, but he still was not like positive. And then I went in, that was like a Friday. And then the next Monday I went in and they started to drop. And so he's like, yeah, you're, there's nothing. They did another ultrasound confirm there was nothing really there. And they're like, well, since they're dropping, we can go ahead and start you on I can't remember what it was called, but the medicine to kind of force yeah. things along. Mm -hmm. And so I passed that. That was in December now because it took a long time. Um, and it was right before my husband's birthday that everything passed and there was nothing. And I kind of took that one since there wasn't like there was nothing physical that I could see and nothing like I, I don't know. I thought, okay, well that, this really sucks. Like, I didn't know that could even happen, but like everybody has a loss at some point. Like sh if, if you try enough times, you will eventually have a miscarriage. Um, and then, and I know some doctors, like w other people we've had on their podcast refer them as chemical pregnancies. They never did that with me, at least not for that one. Um, but it, it was real but it was, it still didn't hit me, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Like it, at that point it hadn't. And then we got pregnant again, um, in January, like early January, but that one went away so quick that like, it didn't even like, I went in for blood work and they confirmed pregnancy, but the, it was really low. And then I went in again and it hit the levels had dropped. So that one passed very quickly. And that one was the only one that she's like, technically this is what we would consider like chemical is like things kind of got going and then they stopped before anything really formed but it was a pregnancy anyways it is still a miscarriage and for you we'll count this as a miscarriage you know like you've had two now back to back 
And like at that point, I guess I was really frustrated because the percent of that, the chance of that happening was like something less than 1%. Like I even had a friend who worked in a fertility clinic. It was like, oh, don't worry about it. Like that happens like less than 1% of the time, like especially back to back. Don't worry. Like, and it was like, great. Now I'm in that 1% bucket of people they can't figure out. And now it really started to bother me kind of like okay things are not like they're not coming together like they're supposed to yeah then you start to worry like is this gonna keep happening exactly and it's like Mm -hmm. well how many do I have to have before this stops and so then I got pregnant again in February well I mean guess technically it would have been January but I found out on Valentine's Day that I was pregnant again and I was very excited it was like okay well maybe this is meant to be we met on Valentine's Day like it was a week before my birthday. We were going to San Francisco for and going to celebrate with some friends who knew that we had been trying. And so it was the third one. Surely not. Third time's the charm, right? That's typically what they say. And then so I called my nurse and she was really nice because it had been really stressful the last times I had gone in every two days. And like knowing that basically all they do is tell you your levels. They can't do anything differently. I was taking the progesterone like I was supposed to. Um, at that point, I believe they had told me to start taking it like a few days after I ovulated because they thought it would give my body a better chance because my progesterone levels in January were low again, but even lower than the first time. So, and from what I've read, like there's all sorts of things that can cause that. And there's nothing really like what you, there's no proof to say that too low is really is like awful and nothing to say that the progesterone helps like there's mm-hmm. st- there's studies both ways yeah um and so I st- I started taking the progesterone and like just went in and went back after we got back from our trip and my levels were like 5,000 something and it was the highest they had ever been like even with the first pregnancy they never got above a thousand so I know that doesn't really mean anything now like everybody's body's different and they produce a different amount but to us personally in comparison it was significantly better um and so we went in like at six weeks found the heartbeat everything was great my doctor wasn't in and the way that the clinic that we go to here you go in and you just see whoever's available and they kind of they do a dating scan and you get your first ultrasound and they do blood, and it's usually around the six week six you know depending on when you call and go in and then they go ahead depending on that ultrasound start you on the schedule with um your doctor or you can choose to rotate through I don't know how many doctors there are I think it's like seven or something and they go through the cost of everything I mean you basically get everything and like what is expected and so for someone like me a, a type a I love to plan things like that it was perfect everything was lined out I knew exactly like the dates of everything that was going to happen I knew you know where we we're going to be what doctors we we're going to see you know it was all like pretty much settled in because they had confirmed that I was low risk. The heartbeat was great. There was nothing to worry about. And so then I went in, I think at our next appointment, which was around 11 weeks. I, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> it's having a hard time now remembering like, cause we went in and then it was my doctor that I'd seen for 10 plus years. And he was like, Oh, I can't believe they said it was Lacey coming in today. I didn't know it was you. Like, I've been praying for you. I have a picture of you on my desk. Like, oh, and he is like a close family friend, although 
I saw him before he became like that, like he was friends with my husband's parents. And so it kind of was, a, I mean, it's small ish town. So it wasn't surprising, but anyways, he was like, I've been praying for you. And, you know, I just thought this is going to be fantastic. And we went through the exam and my husband couldn't be there because he had a meeting or something and they were the hospital, the doctor was running early unusually and so I just went in I was like don't worry about it it's no big deal like I, I think they don't even do an ultrasound it's just like the Doppler and they'll check for the heartbeat don't you know it'll be fine and so he's checking and he's like I just want to tell you like eight out of ten times like we find it but that means two out of ten we don't find it and it's no big deal I'll take you in the next room and we'll do like a, a intrauterine ultrasound again and so I'd done that a couple times so I was familiar and he's looking and looking and he made a sound he's like oh there oh wait I think that's your heartbeat and it was like oh okay like all right like this is kind of you know I'm a little bit worried and we go in the next room and I do the ultrasound and he's looking around and I'm not really paying attention because I I don't know and I've heard other people saying like I knew immediately and I could see the baby and it was significantly larger everything but there was no heartbeat like at all and he's like I'm so sorry like I'd I can't believe this like this is I'm you know I I I feel bad for you you know basically and like hugged me and you know and it didn't really hit me he like showed me because I'm I, I really need to know like without a doubt that it's not there it's not like oh it's hiding or oh it's just I don't want to say asleep but you know it, it'll be there in just a second just give it a second he really he showed me everything he showed me where he thought there was something like behind the baby's neck that looked funny. It didn't look quite right. He thought this is looks like a chromosomal abnormality. Like it happens most of the time when they pass. And like, I think it's, you know, what they call Down syndrome. He's like, it doesn't mean that you are at risk of carrying a baby with Down syndrome. It just means like this happens a lot. And 90% of the time those babies pass before they're born. He's like, now you do see people with Down syndrome. That's true. But like that just happens. Like, they're very lucky to get to that point. And it just depends on the severity of the chromosome abnormality. So that happened. And he's like, I'm going out of town tomorrow. So I'm going to schedule you with some other, doc you know, to another doctor that we knew, like to do the DNC whenever you want. Cause he said at that point it was too large that it would be too painful for me to try to pass naturally. And he's like, your body may not know for a month, six months, eight months. Like it may take a while to figure out that like it needs to pass like because the baby's already passed away and the baby was like measuring two weeks behind, which was, I think probably the hardest part for me was like, I've been carrying this around for two weeks and I didn't know like, and I had just told, I think, Brian's mom, like, a few days prior and, like, showed her the video of the heartbeat and every, you know, so, like, it was, I kind of felt duped in a way. Like, mm -hmm. what do you mean I didn't know that this was happening or how how I couldn't have controlled this or, you know, I, I did everything like I was supposed to. Like, everything was great. He said it was low risk. Even my husband, you know, he, like, he asked the doctor several times in that first appointment, like it's low risk, right? Like tell her she needs to hear that. She needs to not worry, like all positive thoughts here. And so it, he was, I think really heartbroken that time because it was like, it was real. It was really happening. And like, I got home cause it took obviously longer than expected. My husband, like Brian called and I just couldn't like talk to him. And I was like, I'll be home in a minute. Like I, I don't, you know, I was five minutes away, but it was just, that one was probably 
So did you not tell him until you got home? Yeah, I didn't tell him until I got home because I knew like the minute I said it out loud, I would just break down. That's when it would really like sink in and hit. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just like any traumatic thing, like when I got home, like, and I told him everything and like that I had to go in the next morning for surgery. They're going to do a DNC and basically they're going to, they, I had, they were going to send the baby off to have it tested to figure out what was going on. And that like, it started to hit, but then like, I think I fell asleep. And when I woke up, I, I was like, it hit me again. Cause it's like, no, this is really happening. Like this, no, this isn't just a bad dream. Like that, that happened today. So I don't know like how many people, like how long, but it always takes me a little bit to process bad news like that because it's almost like I'm always looking for the like silver lining in something. And so like, I'm trying to find the positive in all of it and see what, you know, like, and then like when it's really bad, it's just hard, I think to Mm -hmm. take that time to figure it out. Um, And then because both of our parents had passed away on this, like at the end of April and I had, this was the beginning of April that this had happened. We like way back in November had all agreed to go on a family trip together to, um, Amsterdam because that's where uh, my husband's grandmother had picked like this is where she wanted to go she thought it would be fun for everyone there's plenty to do anyways so we went at the end of April and sent everything off had all of our blood you know genetic testing and blood work done all that right before we left and then when we got back that's when we had found out like that what had happened is the baby was missing its sex chromosome or it's like trisomy 22 or something basically it was just missing the last X chromosome and it only happens in girls. So I think that also kind of like was harder because then we knew like it was a girl, you know, it was, we were right at, you know, what I felt like right at the finish line, what most people say is like the safe zone (laughs) and knowing now, like anything can go wrong at any point at all. So trying to not, go into the future thinking that like it's all doom and gloom is really hard just because it's like it it doesn't you're I'm already in the weird like a weird you know less than one percent chance of this happening three times and now it's really hard not to think that it's gonna happen again like it's pretty much impossible not to think that way yeah and like the doctor that did my surgery like I mean I get where he was coming from but he was kind of like he he didn't want to send the the tissue off because he's like oh I don't think there's anything like it's probably nothing at all like it won't give you any closure like knowing that you know it'll just nothing will happen nothing will be wrong which is kind of contradictory to my doctor saying like I definitely think that it's a chromosome abnormality like and he had tried to talk this doctor to the surgery he's like I just think you guys have bad luck like these have all happened at different stages so I don't think they're related at all you know it's just this is just happening it was like bad luck like that's not I can't take a pill for that I can't do anything with that that doesn't help me like that that just kind of makes that just makes it worse (laughs) because when does the bad luck run out like and I don't believe that luck has and it should not, I don't know. It's, it's just something that's like, 
people every day are getting pregnant and having babies. It doesn't seem like it should be a luck thing, but I know there's luck in there. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, it it's something that I don't think you can do perfectly and get, you know, always have the same results every single time. But mm-hmm. anyways, that um ha- I guess yeah, so everything came back for my blood work normal too. Um Brian doesn't have, neither of us carry anything genetically that we could pass on individually or even together. Um, I did have like maybe a very small blood clotting issue like that. He thought, well, this maybe could be something, but it's not enough to even worry about. My thyroid was great. He said it was a, I can't remember, like a Ferrari. It was perfect. <laughs> like, and, I don't know. And I looked at the results and kind of compared. I think you had done a video about different levels and things. And, like, mine were nowhere near the ends that were even close to call. So, I mean, I guess out of all of that, it's good to know that we're fine. But at the same time, like, it doesn't help anymore. Because mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well. <laughs> now what? Now what? <laughs> yeah. So, we've been trying, I guess, now, like, the first month, I think my period came back, like, six weeks after the DNC and that one was I guess pretty normal next one we just had it's not so normal and you know everybody that I have talked to is like yeah it's never normal after DNC because it's basically a pregnancy it just ended much sooner than nine months and so your body takes a little bit to get back in the rhythm of things um Cause this last month I had call like called the doctor and I was like, look, it's like I'm three weeks after my last period and I still haven't ovulated. Like what's going on? And he's like, don't worry about it. Like it's perfectly normal not to ovulate. And then like a few days later I finally did. And it was like, okay, now it's like super late. You know, when is my period going to start? Because when do I start this over again? Like I'm just ready for it to start again. And um, I think that's probably the hardest part is like how long do I do this now and when I talked to him he's like well technically like we should go say nine months after your last DNC like that's how long it should take you know a normal couple would take and it's like wait like the whole year thing it doesn't mean like it takes a year to have a a pregnancy you just may or may not keep that pregnancy it's like that that doesn't seem fair and I understand like kind of where it's coming from but at the same time um like I'm I don't want to wait nine months from now because I guess the end of this month would be a year of us trying and like now I don't know it's just kind of the whenever we're done with this stage of you know our the next thing is trying to go talk to a fertility specialist which in our area, there's nobody locally. Like, there's a couple clinics that are within a few hours, but their reputations are not the greatest. And we've had lots of friends have bad experiences at either medical friends that say you probably shouldn't see either of those, and you should go. Like, there's a couple clinics, five ones in Dallas, and others in Memphis and Kansas City. Like, they're all several hours away. So, like, that's a big step. Right. And I know everyone that we've talked to about the cost of IVF, because that's almost like the end for us. Like that's the that's the most extreme, like solve for this problem that we have is like, okay, so that's the that's the extreme. And and 
I really hope that is, you know, because I do know that some people find out like that's not even going to work and just your fa- you have a different, you know, layout, you know, family mm-hmm. than your original plan. So um, we've decided that I think it's six months we're going to go see a fertility specialist and that's, I guess, in September, October. You know, that's kind of my current light at the end of the tunnel to know, like, okay, from this, like, at least that's the end of this stage. Yes, the next game plan. I always said game game plans mean everything in in this journey. They really do. It's what keeps hope alive, I feel like. Yeah, because I kind of feel like that with this, like, I'm on two, there's two sides of this, like, in one way, I'm like, how about we just stop tracking everything altogether and see where the next two months goes. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, then at least we know that what we're, we're going into, you know, the next game plan refreshed, maybe. But then the other side is like, no, I want to do a controlled cycle. Like I want to be, I want to like control everything from day one to day 28 or day 32 or whatever, whatever. I just want that to be controlled. And but I also know like hormones are not something that you just take a pill for and fix. And so the other, the other side of that is like, well, how much do you damage by controlling it? Because I don't think that anybody, everybody's different and everybody's Mm -hmm. different. And so different levels of different hormones have different impacts And there. It's so crazy now to read like the different things that high levels of estrogen does or low le- high levels of progesterone or thyroid levels or, you know, just all those different things that like you can't just take a pill and everybody be exactly at the same level. And that's kind of, I guess the other side is like, I don't want to do more damage because yeah. I don't have anything like, I don't have PCOS or endometriosis or, you know, super irregular period. Like I, uh, in reality, like, I'm pretty normal. I'm pretty lucky. Like, I have a regular cycle. I've never had any issues. Um, my mom passed away from ovarian cancer. And so, like, I've always gone in and been checked every year, sometimes every six months, just to make sure that nothing's going on related. Um, she was tested, and I don't carry the gene for the same cancer. I kind of think hers was a fluke. Um just at her age and things, environmental exposure or something has always been what she thought. So going to the OBGYN is not new to me. It has always been traumatic or difficult for me because like the last thing I really want to hear is like, oh, it's abnormal. And that's always been my fear. So I think maybe going into trying and I didn't think it would be normal for us, even though I had no reason to believe differently. I, I just think I knew deep down that it wouldn't be just easy obviously it didn't mean I didn't hope for the first try to work but I think my perception on the whole thing now is like with other people announcing their pregnancies and all that I'm a little envious because it's like I don't get to have that same joy Mm -hmm. because I have fear immediately yeah like whether it's positive or negative pregnancy test it's like oh great it's fear because it's not happening or it's fear because it's happened and I know that it doesn't always work out. So that's, that's different. And I think one of my friends who had a difficult time getting pregnant said, you know, it's almost like you're happier for the people who you know that it was hard for 
because you're like, good. Okay. It wasn't like, oh, we just lifted each other and we were pregnant. Like, no, that, mm-hmm. that sucks. Good for you. But yeah. I really don't want to hear your story. <laughs> like, I really don't want to know. I that, like, completely relate to that. Yeah. Which feels awful <laughs> yeah. to say. Because your normal self wouldn't feel that way. No. Yeah. And then you and then you are. So you, number one, you feel guilty for feeling that way, but you can't help but feel that way. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, and I, yeah. And what I remember, a roller coaster. I remember like my friend telling me, she's like, oh, and don't worry, like if baby showers get, and this was early when we were trying, she's like, if you can't go to a baby shower because it's too hard for you, like, don't worry about it. And I remember thinking like, oh, that'll never be hard. Like, that's fine. Everybody else's happiness is different from my happiness. Mm-hmm. And it's totally not true now. Like I hear about somebody else's and I am like immediately like, great, good for you. You know, it's not like, oh, yay, another baby. It's like in in my illogical thinking, it's like there's only so many babies and you just took one. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's not like games, you know, like sharing toy or anything like that as a kid. And there aren't, it's not like there's a jar of babies out there and everybody gets to pick and you are the last one. So you don't get one. It, but it feels that way yeah. when you see so many and too like the more you want something the more you see and so there's pregnant people everywhere there's babies everywhere it's it's not something either that I grew up like knowing like I want to have babies and be a mom like I didn't get that way it wasn't till like my mid-20s that I thought I think I'd regret it if I didn't have kids mm-hmm. and so this is a totally different place for me to be now at like 31 where it's like wait wanting it there was a point when I didn't want it and now it's like Mm -hmm. now I can't have it (laughs) yep so yeah I I kind of went through the same thing we didn't really know that we like we kind of just like decided to start trying yeah it it wasn't really like uh oh my gosh I'm so excited like I don't know it was really weird but then when I got pregnant like then I just want it like you know yeah, what I exactly mean? I it's like it. I want like, more yeah than anything in this entire world yeah yeah I know it's such a strange thing like and and you know I think you know that like if you can step out of yourself and look at it you're like this is not me like that wasn't me like I was I I would have been fine before and now mm-hmm. all of a sudden this is like crippling like and for me like I guess I don't know. Like I called my nurse crying one time because I was like, I don't know if this is me or the hormones or what, but like, I've never had PMS and I'm crying. Like I stayed home from work for like four days last month, just because like I could not make it without crying. Mm -hmm. I would sit at my desk and like, I'd look at the calendar and the only thing I could see was like my next cycle. Like, and it wasn't, it's not even written on the calendar. It's just like mentally. It becomes that's where my an brain session. It it's, does. It's like, no, what day is today? Well, I actually, today's day 39. I don't have to, I don't have to look. I know that because it's, it's just part of me and I hate it. It's some, in some ways, because it's like the people who are like, oh, we stopped trying and got pregnant. It's like, how do you turn that part off? Like it I wasn't able to. Yeah. It never goes off. And like, to, like, you're never, as long as you're having sex, you're trying. Exactly. Like, exactly. Like, the thing is, it's like, you just know that there's a week of the month that you try a little harder. Like, yeah. 
Yep. You are literally taking the words right out of my mouth. It always drove me freaking nuts. And people would be like, well, stop trying. It's like, I know my cycle so well that like not trying, like I'm still trying. <laughs> yes. And it's crazy. Like to me, like I have two of my friends that are my closest, um, got pregnant fairly easy. And so they never even got to the weird obsession about knowing what day it was, what your cervical mucus looks like where's your cervix today or none of those things and like now it's like completely scientific and one of them like bless her she doesn't like gross things but like I talked to her about I'm like I'm sorry but like I don't have anyone else to talk to about it and she's like no like I find it really fascinating because they know they don't want any more kids like they're happy with their one and she's like 18 months now and so like everything's you know fine but it's just crazy now like every part of it is just about like scientific versus like the the stork comes and drops your baby off you know like before it was just kind of this miracle magical thing that happened and now it's like not at all like Mm -hmm. and it's not like we both Brian and I like try not to make it a chore it is like Mm -hmm. both of us know like we're trying harder like the one week of the month that it matters but like We've started going on like date nights, like every two weeks we pick a night and we have a date night and we go somewhere different outside of our normal bubble and we plan trips regardless of like if I'm going to be pregnant or not, which I think was probably really hard before, like, because it's like, oh, well, if I'm pregnant this month, that'll be born in February. So that means in August I'll be so-and-so pregnant. And it's like, I have to not think that way because then it's just hurtful when it's not when it's you know we're not pregnant or we are and and like you're planning you know baby's first birthday and things like that before you're even far enough along it's just it just it makes it harder I think yeah Um, it'll be interesting to see how like October goes this year because that's technically when I would have been due And I think everybody says, like, that's kind of a hard point is, like, passing those milestones, like, Mm -hmm. becomes, like, oh, I would have had a baby at this point. And I think that, um, like, we're trying not to jump, but I guess they say, like, put the car before the horse, but it it still happened. Like, it still is something that we think about. Uh, We actually had a friend who got married in uh, Cabo this year. And so we knew, like, we probably, I wasn't going to be able to go because of Zika and our doctor had said, it's just not worth it. It's not even a chance. Like, I would strongly advise you against going. But we knew that, like, when we, when, and Brian was actually in the wedding, like, I think I knew it was okay because I'd probably be pregnant by then. And so when, and that was in May, and so I had just had the, dnc like in april and it was kind of hard because it was like i thought i would be pregnant and i'm not and so i feel like i could have gone but i knew like i still couldn't have gone because we would have had to wait six months after that to even start trying again and so like i knew ultimately that it wasn't a good decision to go but at the same time i kind of felt like again like i was cheated out of it and then he got back and our doctor's like oh yeah you need to not try he needs to be tested and needs to wait two or three months. And it was like, wait, no, like, I don't want to wait that long. Like, I know, like, I have to let my cycles come back, but no, like, no, you can't, I don't want to do that. Yeah. There's, 
the waiting and like the limbo phase I always felt was like the hardest when going through reoccurrent miscarriage yes totally because like just get this over with so I can do this like get back like yeah. go back to like trying again because there's as it is do it again like, yeah do it again I'm sorry yeah because I think once the feelings of like and it's so funny like your hormones and like if you look up like your confidence level goes up around your ovulation and so like around that time like you're like yeah I'm on top of the world look at how healthy I am and how great everything's going and I'm gonna get pregnant it'll be no problem whatsoever and then like during that two-week wait like it kind of deteriorates and then by the end of it I almost feel like you're feeding for like okay all right let me take the test oh god and it's talking to a total addict over here I I peed on a lot of sticks yes (laughs) and too like I I tell myself I'm like if you like I, I'd say like, well, I can't get any less pregnant if I'm pregnant. So I just need to wait another day. Okay. Just one more day. You can wait another day. It'll be fine. And like, it just, it still never got easier. And like this, it was like, okay, I'll wait until day 14. Like that'll be the longest I've ever waited. And I almost felt like it would have been an, a reward to me to have it come up positive. And when it wasn't, it was like, seriously, like I, I waited. Like, yeah, I'm supposed to get my treat now from, yeah, yeah. Like, I, you know, I followed the rules. I waited until the end and here we are. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of, I think that none of it is nothing. I think if I had any advice for anybody, like you can't control any of it, like none of it, it but there's things like if you're somebody, I think that's like that, you do have to find ways you can control, like, but not obsessively. So like for me, it's like, I, I have to remind myself, like I take my vitamins every day. I eat as many organic foods as I possibly can. I try to, you know, do right by that. What I put in, I exercise. I think that for my own mental health has been really difficult. And I know when I get at least some exercise in regularly, it is extremely beneficial and I don't seem to break down as hard. But I also have to motivate myself to get out of bed and do it. Like, it's just not. And to, like, recognize, like, I don't, I I can't force myself to do something that I'm not going to, like, like, there's different, there's a scale of, like, how bad it is one day to the next and, like, try to understand that and not beat myself up for today being way harder and just not getting around to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also trying to not let it be an excuse. Um, but yeah. to like, and nobody's story is exactly the same. Like everyone ha- no matter how close the story can be, there's still differences. It's like, Oh, you have the same story, but you're, you know, five years apart in age and that makes a difference or you're close, but they happened, you know, so much further apart. And so that's different. Every, you know, it's just, there's something different in everyone and there's no like, necessarily reason but yeah uh, yeah I feel like you beat me to the punch in the advice aspect I was gonna ask you for no I I loved that and honestly like your episode I feel like you've just kind of like talked and let it out and I love that (laughs) like I I feel like everyone is gonna be able to relate so much in the sense of like 
like how your mind works when you're going through reoccurrent miscarriage and how oh, it's like oh you think of one thing and then you're like oh my gosh what this and like everything you said I was like yep 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 <laughs> yeah and I think everything just like it's so hard to like everything just kind of bounces from one end to the other yeah like you're, and it's kind of how your feelings like you just don't have like some days it's really great and like I think early on when I had reached out to you about doing this is like so soon after the DNC that I still didn't have my emotions under control. And it still even surprises me today. Like all day I've been great. I knew this would be kind of difficult because I'm talking about everything that's happened. But like, yeah, I think a couple of days ago, like two people were talking about their kids and like plans and like, Oh, I'm not going to let them ride a four wheeler until they're so, you know, they were talking and it was like, was trying not to cry and like tears are cut because it's like I don't get to have that conversation and it's like that's not a bad thing <laughs> like you will one day like one day you'll have that conversation it's fine but it's like not today like I don't get to do it today and like you know it's just it just different things and so people like try to be sensitive about things that trigger and it's honestly anything and it's really silly things from you know a conversation I- about kids to I don't know like and I think what's hard too is like like there's a lot of triggers out there but then at the same time at least for me I was also a little bit triggered when people were trying to like avoid the triggers around me because I wanted to be treated normally you know what I mean it's so weird (laughs) yeah and like it's so funny to me like I try like to not to not not talk about it I guess so like I don't want to bring it up or anything and I don't want that to be the only thing that people think that I think about which it is yeah (laughs) to be honest like it does consume a lot of my thoughts and I try to do things to avoid it and not let it but it it does so I I try to talk about it so when people are like well how are you doing like sucks like to be honest like kind of sucks today is not good yeah no there's no really reason and like oh like I'm so sorry like anything I can do and nobody can really do much I think the only things that really get under my skin are more the stereotypical well just relax it'll happen when it happens or oh stop trying or like whatever like old wives tales that people have that think that's how you get pregnant it's like yeah that must be really nice like to be able to turn like a switch off and you're no longer stressed like that must be really nice to do because it doesn't happen for me yeah there's no like switch like it's there's just a lot of those things and I I think one somebody told me I was talking about losing my mom and like the miscarriages and that and the person was like oh yeah well just imagine like it could be so much worse like what if you lost a real baby and it was like huh what do you what do you mean a real like one that you actually had and were like could hold like that doesn't help like that doesn't help at all that doesn't you're right like things could be worse like the house could be on fire (laughs) that doesn't mean that what I'm going through right now doesn't suck and it's a lot you're allowed to feel that way and allowed for that you know things can always be worse and it's okay if you can't see the positive like as long as you actively try when you can to find the positive in things it's Mm -hmm. still like okay for that your situation to just suck yeah absolutely now if somebody wanted to reach out to you 
and you know just relate where could they reach you is instagram the best way yeah instagram is really good i think um i think if somebody if you and i i have heard other people's stories and like i don't know if other people message the person when they follow them but like if you send me a message, like I'm more than willing to talk about it. I know it's kind of weird to like reach out to a stranger and be like, Hey, I just listened. And now I want to be your friend, but I I really don't mind like at all. So I think that's the best way. I think my profile is private. So don't let that be intimidating. Just send me a <laughs> message. I, I don't think I have anything too private to share, but I just think that um, I don't want any, weird Russian hackers taking over. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for jumping on and sharing your story. I really appreciate it. And I know everybody else does too. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. All right, bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.